It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design with Jason and friends. It's at the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, July twelfth, and you're listening to episode four hundred and seventy-six. As always, I'm your host, Jason. Hey, hey. I don't know why I did that. It was dumb. But hey, I'm here with Jason Katarski. It's been a minute, but I'm glad to have him back. Just him, just him and I spent a little special time together. How you doing, it, buddy? I'm doing okay. It's I mean, it's like it's like how this all began, man. It was just couple dudes who wanted to just like chat about board games. Well, I mean, but I that was Rob. But then it I got to come around sometimes and and now I'm here again with you. And no strangers, no strangers, no strangers. No strangers. Now, the last episode was pretty great. Jamie, uh, they are amazing uh, in conversation. Yes. I love talking to them. So super fun. Uh, yeah, no, I, it's it actually that was a wonderful way to um, get to like meet people since, yeah. you know, that doesn't yeah. that doesn't happen often these days. I know. Right. I know. I know. I've been digging the mentee thing like I've got. Uh, I had I'm on my second round with with having mentees for the tabletop mentorship program and uh, yeah and in both people I've had have been fantastic uh, to work with so it's been really exciting um, yeah so I, I think I'll that. keep doing it so it, it's very you cool. know for for anyone that's interested in doing it it takes a lot less time than you would think that it takes like you know um, I mean like I still talk to my previous mentor mentee because I choose to right like I still help them and that I still help. Um, I still, obviously I'm still helping my new, my current mentee. Um, and it's still, I mean, it's not a huge time commitment. Um, and I'm still able to help them a lot with not a huge time commitment. So I just, just a plug for that. Uh, check it out. Yeah. That, uh, that kind of stuff keeps you sharp too, right? Like it does, it does. You're like, it keeps your brain working, keeps you thinking about stuff it, it and new questions kind of like help you reset to remember like the stuff that we start to take for granted that it just kind of rolls out of us. Right. Right. And um, I'll tell you what, too, it has been honestly like from a selfish standpoint, right? Like I'll just speak totally selfishly here. Uh, it has been a real confidence booster um, because, you know, like I went into this, like, is this, am I ready for this? Like, to, can I help these people? And like constantly, and this is not like a humble brag. This is like me saying like, I'm, I'm so excited that I actually like, holy crap, I, I know some stuff, right? <laughs> like They're like, Hey, I'm having a problem with this. And I'm not sure, you know, like I need advice on how to proceed to what should I do to figure this out? And like, and I just have answers and they're like logical and good answers. And like, it's because of all of the people that I've learned from all these years. Yeah, right. Um, You've had uh, 476 podcasts to like practice this stuff and ask these questions on your own, and um, you know, been around the block it, a couple times. So it's exactly. Cool. So it just it just feels good to be like, wow, like I'm being useful to people, right? Like directly, because like with the podcast, like you know, we do building the game. Like I know that it's useful for some people because we hear people tell us it's useful in the discord and things like that. And people have reached out over the years, but like that direct, like instant, like, Hey, I got this feedback and like, I'm not sure what to do with it. And to be able to be like, gosh, I remember that. Like, I remember when that happened, like the first time you get like nasty feedback from someone about your game and like having to say to the person, like, Hey, listen, 
those people were jerks. <laughs> like, like <laughs> they they sounded mean. Like they weren't being helpful, right? right? And they kind of like here are the types of feedback you get. Here's how you have to process it. Here's how you do this and this. And um, it, it's just it's cool because it also just really makes me think in a, in a it makes me think back to a lot of things uh, that I've learned over the years that sometimes I think we forget as well, right? Definitely. Uh, and, and it's nice. It's a nice reminder. So I, I really encourage anyone who's designing to do that, um, you know, or if you really, really, really feel like you're not ready to do that, sign up to be a mentee then. Like, because if you're not ready to be a mentor, you probably are. But if you don't think you are, sign up to be a mentee. Why not? Um, because, yeah, it's just a good idea. Like, be involved, get to know new people, right? It's great. So, yeah. <sighs> we're going to we're going to talk about a topic tonight here right soon uh, i think i think we will yeah yeah but but first so this never happens i tweeted instead does anybody have questions and i got two questions people and, responded to you and yeah and here's the funny thing the questions are somewhat silly but they're actually like they actually make sense they're coherent uh so they didn't come from people like you know daniel newman or something or <laughs> uh, you know um one of them did come from uh, one of them did come from at some fat kid. And we know that that guy uh, likes to ask ridiculous questions. Uh, it's true. But this is one of my favorite ridiculous questions ever. So okay, thank you, sir. I appreciate yeah. that. Mayor of Unpub. Uh, so, all right. <laughs> well, the first one is from Jonathan Schaffer. Uh, no uh, stranger to us or to the show. That's right. Uh, yeah. And he said, are there any game designers left who aren't librarians? Ha! <laughs> You know, uh, I I bet there are. I bet there are. Uh, I, I <laughs> it's a cool field to be going into, and I love um, the connections to board games that are all over it too. There's so many board game librarians and collections and libraries popping up, and um, you know, as I journey towards being a librarian, hopefully, I'll be graduating in, in August of this year with my master's degree in library and information science. Um, like I got into games because of Scott Nicholson, who was a librarian who was one of the first, oh, wow. he was one of the first reviewers like doing video reviews. So when I Googled mm -hmm. games like settlers of Catan, uh, you know, I followed uh, his videos and found out he was a librarian and I have cited his work in several papers talk because <laughs> <laughs> um, he's done some, he, he's done some research and some kind of history stuff about like games and libraries and how it's, it's, it's always been a part of it. So um, it shouldn't feel like such a stretch for, for uh, libraries to have tabletop collections and events. Cause it, it goes back to um, chess clubs and stuff back in the day, like meeting in libraries. Right, right. So um but yeah, it's it's cool. It's a good place to research game ideas, you know? Uh it's just all kinds of different people and input all the time working in a library. So um I'm excited about that. So yeah, we could probably use a few more board game uh librarians while while we're at it. Why not? Right. I opt out of that. Librarian. No. I'd be I'd be bad at that. Though I'll tell you what. Uh most of the librarians I know uh from working with the library on some stuff, some project stuff uh they're cool like they're mostly cool so like i was <laughs> I, like the ones i worked with were all cool uh and i know you and you're, you're pretty cool and i've known some librarians not as cool yeah uh but those were all like librarians when we were kids so yeah 
<laughs> totally. And like, I have connections in board games to librarians. And then I also have like punk rock connections. Like there's some, there's a lot of punk rockers who are librarians too, because of like it being such a liberal field about like access right, and right. self self-guided education and, you know, like equity, like these Which are all I things. didn't realize by the way, I had no idea until I joined my local library a few years ago. I had no idea that that's what libraries were. Like yeah. I thought it was just a place you just went and got some books. I, I mean, right. I, I mean right. completely like I didn't ever go to libraries. Totally. Um, you know, so yeah it's it's definitely a cool thing to see that like they are an institution that exists to do good for all people um mm-hmm. in in providing whatever kind of level of access people need you know and uh it's that's amazing uh to me so very cool yeah so thanks for that one jonathan uh I miss you man <laughs> so uh so second question from uh ben mayor of Unpub. Yes. Uh, at some fat kid. He said, and this is my favorite thing about this question, is I don't actually know which one of us he's talking about. Uh-oh. Uh, he said, how many times has Jason, uh, because I told him we're both on the show tonight, played oh. the copy of Raptor that he got at Unpub like three or four years ago? I don't think I want a copy of Raptor. Did you want a copy of Raptor? Well, I own Raptor. I feel like I bought it, though, because I used to buy everything. You did! <laughs> you did. You literally used to buy every game. Now you just buy uh, every cassette tape. That's so, right. Too many vinyl records. Those are. It's a lot harder to hide vinyl packages. I don't know. They just show up so big on my porch. Um, <laughs> uh, I have played it about a half a dozen times. Okay, Who designed I that? Think. Uh, the guy that we like, isn't it Cathala? Uh, oh, maybe it is. I it's don't know. It's got the little dinosaur minis. Um, and it's like, it's, uh, what's asymmetric. Um, mm. sounds like, sounds like my dude Cathala. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you got like, you're either trying to be the dinos protecting your babies or you're trying to be the hunters, uh, trying to, uh, hunt the babies and it is yeah it's actually oh it's it's kathala and faduti yeah oh, so, so yeah with uh good old vincent dutrait art too oh so, yeah that is good art that is good art. Yeah, all kinds of good stuff so not Sometimes as much you... as i should have but like when you have 500 board games like getting to like four or five six plays of one game that That's must mean deal, yeah. something right yeah yeah <laughs> I, uh, I recently bought Marvel Splendor, and I, I tweeted about that. It is oh. if you like Splendor and you like Marvel, Marvel Splendor is better than Splendor. Is it different um, enough to feel like that's that's a thing you can say authoritatively? What I feel like is, and so I actually before I bought it, I looked on BGG and it was rated a little higher, um, and um, like point two higher, so it was like seven point seven and seven point nine, um, and it was on sale for Prime Day, so I bought it. Um, and I'll tell you what, like, it was so, it's so good. Um, it's so good. Like, uh, I really, they, it's like a second edition of Splendor in my mind. Basically like my wife and I, we played Splendor like a a bajillion times. We love the game, but there were some glaring things that if you were like, there were some ways to basically hack the system, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like you could, like I would with the nobles cards you're trying to collect, I would actually hand pick the nobles cards you were using 
to make it so that you didn't randomly get stuck with too many that used the same colors. Because if you did, then you could just min-max the game and it wasn't fun. Um, the Marvel version uh, has three, you have three nobles, uh, two of which are kind of the same that you would normally have in um, in the, in the uh, Splendor, except for they're double-sided and they made it so that some of the bad combos are on each other's backs. So you won't ever get those together, right? Like some of the like ones are together. Um, and then even better, the third noble you try and get is actually the Avengers team. Uh, uh. And it's certain cards have an Avengers symbol on them. Um, and that requires you like whoever, whoever has, whoever gets three first claims it for three points. But if you get four and I still have three, boom, now it's yours. And if I get five later, now it's mine. So like there's this back and forth with it. Um, and then some other things like you are required to have one of every type of uh, their infinity stones in the Marvel version. You have to have one of every kind to win and including you have to have a time stone. And the only way to get a time stone is to buy a card from the top row, which most of the time in Splendor, you can literally just ignore those cards and win the game. And now you can't. Nice. So it really the games take a little longer they're much more balanced and strategic. Um, so I, I like I don't know that I'll ever play Standard Splendor again. I, this is my my wife feels the same way. Like we're just in love with it. Wow. Um, you know, we actually had kind of given up on Splendor for a while because we it was so cutthroat when we played it because it was like hard not to be right because yeah. like you were just playing to win and that like meant that you were screwing everyone over and now it's so different. Um, so I'm, I'm super stoked about it. I'm, I'm loving it. Loving that is, it. That's awesome. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I've been, um, I went camping, uh, with my family, did some hiking at Hocking Hills, Ohio, uh, in Hocking Hills, which is like beautiful. Like, Oh yeah. The pictures look great. Yeah, water, we we got to go check that out. I'm yeah. sad it's in Ohio, but right. But it's, it's like waterfalls, caves. Like we went on like five or six different, like kind of two mile hikes, and a couple of them felt mm -hmm. like we were like in like Indiana Jones movies, like walking on a cliff, you know, we're walking on some ladders that were made a hundred years ago, not ladders, but like stone steps. It was just like, it oh, was wow. like, I can't believe this is in Ohio. Like it's right, like, right. it was, it was wonderful and gorgeous. Um, yeah. I'll have but, to check that out. But while we were there, it rained a little. So we're, you know, we didn't spend a whole lot of time sitting around the campfire. We were inside playing games at night and um, we played archeology span the the card game which is like i think it's called the new expedition which is the new z-man edition of an older or okay i don't know um but it's by phil walker harding it was one of his first like games that like it used to be one of those card games like if you like card games get archaeology but it's like a it's a set collection game essentially um with some with a timing element of like you can try to get a bigger set but if a sandstorm comes you're in trouble uh that was a blast and then that was the weekend that all the new target games got released so i was like right. oh let's go into town and find a target so i can buy some of these brand new games and i got summer camp which is the new one by um which was fitting since we were camping um uh, by phil walker Harding. Is and, it good? Oh, dude, I loved it. I loved it. It's it's a light deck builder uh, mixed with a race game. Like your deck cool. is building up cards that are moving you down three different tracks that are moving you towards getting the end of this trail to get merit badges. And there's points oh, cool. uh, of some of the cards that you're getting um, uh, into your deck are um, are also victory points. So it's 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 light, but like the art 
and the aesthetic of the whole thing is awesome and combining like a race game with a uh, deck builder um and that theme is like such a such a cool choice the the components like the cards are are pretty thin but like it has a ton of components in it it's got this folding board it's got uh meeples it's got badges and it was only 25 bucks so like they're they're at the wow. end you know they're gonna have to cut some corners somewhere at that price point but um i loved it i loved it and we also got trails nice. the, new, the new um card game not card game smaller quicker experience of parks from key master parks, games yes. yeah yeah and it has, i want to check both those out yeah uh yeah i've, I've never played parks uh, i heard it's a little maybe overcomplicated, but um i felt like the weight of uh trails was like right up my alley and oh, cool, uh cool. it was like this back and forth taking photos and like placing your meeples at the right place it felt a little bit like Takedo, where you're like just trying mm, to figure mm-hmm. out like i can move forward one or two spaces and that's going to give me different things uh right right kind of a thing uh and a neat time mechanism where the sun goes down and uh yeah fun game fun game so it was cool to be able to go camping and play all these games that had to do with like trails and caves and um while we're doing that and i actually played games so that was glorious that and is it, fantastic and, and it really made me decide that that phil walker harding is one of my favorite designers like yeah no i'm a huge fan of 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 him and his work so 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 consistent like yeah yeah um and the weight of most of the games are right up my alley like the heaviest Mm -hmm. game i've played by him was like what emotep (laughs) and that's not even (laughs) heavy (laughs) Um, right so good stuff awesome awesome well hey all right let's uh let's spin to a little topic here so Oh, okay. So this topic, I'm trying to decide how I want to talk about this. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say names and stuff because I don't, I don't see a reason not to, because I mean, I, why speaking code, right? I mean, is that sure? What, what you, I mean, like if I say the guy with the fedora, everybody's going to know I'm talking about Tom Vassell. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, so, uh, again today, uh, Tom Vassell said something crappy on a crowd surfing uh, episode, which I, I want to be clear, I, I don't ever watch, uh, but like people tweeted about like that he had said something cruddy about uh, about the game uh, overstocked um, because something didn't load correctly and he didn't notice and like and you know so this is like this this is not, I, this is the second time I'm aware of in recent times where he's been cruddy about a um like uh, it, it like, caused him to slam the the whole project yeah, yes because yes. of a technology failure right that's kind yes, of the heart of it yes. yeah yeah and it's just well like i said we've seen this before with um with uh um uh card rails um oh. card, card rails yeah with yeah travis hill yeah 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 he was super cruddy about that game too um like why bother to do this thing this make 100 thing like I told him, I don't think he knew what make 100 was, which is boggles my mind. Um, because like when you're that into Kickstarter, like I feel like you should know what make 100 is, but whatever. But like, it's just, I, 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 I'm not friends with Tom. I don't know Tom, but there's just, a, there's, it just feels like there's like a lot of punching down, right? Like to like indie stuff or things that just don't 
like he doesn't like something he's he's pretty keen on telling everyone and, and saying pretty things about it and so i want to point out that for the overstock game he did go back and pull out that part of the segment where he did that and then put an apology in the uh in the uh comments right yeah but like i feel like there was like i mean i feel like a personal apology video that says hey everyone go check this out would have been a better way to do it right like a real mea culpa right like hey i screwed up uh i want people to to go check this out right like i want to apologize um and i watched through the video and did not see that um it basically just looked like they took it out and he put a note in the video that said hey go check out this you should really go check out this kickstarter um and so like i what tom and the dice tower can do whatever they want right like obviously we're not affiliated um but like it's just so what it got me thinking about and and some other people on on twitter that i was i was talking to uh one of which i actually tried to get on the show tonight and she wasn't available um just because uh I, i wanted another voice in this um who's who's also having these feelings and you know like it's like i just feel like if you have this platform like first of all like the big thing is he has this huge platform and what what this person had pointed out via a tweet was like he's sometimes is one he's the first voice that a lot of people hear in gaming right he is a gatekeeper right like whether or not he wants to be or thinks he is he's a gatekeeper and when he says things about games that are cruddy or dismissive those games will feel the ramification of that right now sometimes like with card rails uh he might say something cruddy and then people that like rally around the game and try to support it more right right um but but like that's stupid like that shouldn't have to happen right um so really like i I just feel like there's this this onus on us to be to be kind first and foremost but to just i don't know we've kind of always had this take on the show where like if there is a small game like especially if it's like an indie publisher small game that i don't care for i'm not going to talk about it unless they're doing something bad i just don't talk about the game right or i'll if somebody brings it up like oh that's great i mean there are some larger games that have done very well where i've said like i don't care for that game i understand that everybody else likes it it's not my thing but like that's different right than like being a voice around a kickstarters like in what you should back or what you might want to back and then crapping on kickstarters right i mean like i don't know right you you talk here tell me no tell yeah me how... i i understand i i feel like a couple things you're saying are like ringing out to me is like the difference between the building the game podcast and the dice tower is the building the game exists for the indie design community so it's gonna feel a little bit personal when like mm-hmm. an indie game gets gets trashed you know because those are those are our people um and the dice tower is totally on the opposite side of the spectrum and is like a voice for the industry that like um is just if if you want to make an announcement that's at the top of your list right like or if you want to review that's at the top of the list because they've been around the longest and they have a big machine that like they they do this for a living right like they they crank out reviews um and people kind of i think because of them being the biggest and longest running there's this expectation of like that's how you get become legitimate is if you get mentioned by 
one of these big reviewers, right? Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But like, and it's different. It's it's to it is a review. So a review, totally fine. You're getting a person's opinion, whether they like it or whether they not like, whether they don't. Um, I I think that that the problem that everyone is reacting to these situations is that like, what happened is unrelated to whether the game is quality or not like the gameplay and it just like dismisses like with with card rails it, it just dismissed something that was like why like the why bother idea right yeah like, that, why, that's what yes with that it was right? why bother make like, this game it's 100 copies who cares why yeah bother? who cares but like if you think about like back in the day like games that have went on to be like wonderfully huge and sought after like games like glory to Rome started with like a mm -hmm. few hundred copies like hand built and put in clamshells and everybody wanted it because it was a good game not everyone right, right. had the resources to say we're going to print you know and that was before kickstarter too so not everyone had the resources to just crank out 2000 or not enough people not everyone has like the margin in their lives to say i want to run a kickstarter and deal with the manufacturing process that's going to make right, me right. like in a year from now have 2000 copies of this game sitting in my garage you know that i don't know what to do with that for mm -hmm, my kickstarter mm -hmm. so like to just dismiss like a, a format or an idea like maybe it wasn't the right place to get a review for that game but like um it it, it seemed like rather well, than trash were... it just not talk about it at all right. if you don't think weren't... it's worth your time then make it not worth your time and pass it by instead of negatively impacting it by saying why would right. you even do this Right. Um, right. Yeah. That, so that to me is the thing, right? Like if you really are like, what's the point, then why are you talking about it? Like, as my mom always taught me, if you don't have something nice to say, maybe just shut the hell up. She didn't say that. <laughs> She's very sweet. Um, but, yeah. uh, but right. And that's in, in, here's the thing. Like, it's not that we can't have opinions, right? Um, you know, like it, it's not like we can't have opinions about games, right? But like if you're going to be someone out there who's who's boosting signals, right? Like just boost the positive ones, right? I mean, because that's let's be fair, with the crowd surfing thing, like like I, I mean, like have it just be here are the games that are out there that we think are worth looking at, right? And then just only mention those games, right? Um, and again, I, to be clear, I don't watch it. The couple times I have have been when these, you know these faux pas have happened. Um, so, I mean, maybe there's more of that than I, I see, uh, but it doesn't sound like that. And enough people that are more in the know than me were once again up in arms about this. Right. right. And I, I don't want to, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like I, a long time ago, I used to, like, I used to complain about paid reviews and things like that. And I thought and paid previews and I thought that was crap. And I, I get that now I was wrong about that. Right. Like I was wrong, like paid reviews and stuff like reviewers deserve to get, like reviewers are doing this for their job, right? Uh, there's nothing wrong with them being hired to do those things, in my opinion, as long as they're doing it, you know, honestly, and they're, you know, they're not telling us to go buy a game uh, that uh, that we don't want. You know what I mean? That's not good, right? Like if right. you hire the Dice Tower to do a paid preview, they just say, hey, here's this game. Check it out. Here's everything this game does. They're not saying, here's our seal of endorsement, right? right. They're just saying here's a game you could here's here's this game right uh and we were paid to show you this game because we have a large audience 
Um, and I don't see any problem with that. That's marketing. That makes sense. Um, but like, you know, handpicking a game out and saying like, no, this looks like trash, like, or whatever, this doesn't even work right. Why would you do this? Um, that's just kind of mean. It's just kind of mean. Right. Right. And like the, the, the snap reaction to this, to the other game where it's like, it didn't have a how to play section on the Kickstarter, but that was just because the, the graphics didn't load on his computer, but like, it was just like, instead of saying that's strange, you know, like I I think there's a, uh, probably a pressure that makes it be like when you're as big as that, as the dice tower, You've got a lineup of games and you've got to crank through and there's just too much to like put detailed attention to everything that you get. Right. Like, um, but like it, it just, it's gotta be really hard to balance like that sense of like, uh, pressure because there's it's it's monetary there's it's your job you gotta you want to continue to be this influential voice because that's what your whole platform is built on um but then also um like the responsibility of it like and i think that like uh that like responsibility is gonna lose when it comes to like you you look at the pile of games that showed up on your doorstep that you've got to get through. Um, right. I, I think but it's remember a- that this for this crowd surfing thing, this is things they're seeing on Kickstarter. Yeah. It's not a pile of games showing up at their door. It's there's a million things right, on Kickstarter. Right. Which ones are we going to talk about? Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we're going to talk negatively about how this one didn't have this element on a page and which could totally affect affect how people see it. May, maybe make people not even check it out. Um, it, it's just such a, it's, it is a tricky thing. Like the, the whole, um, the whole thing is that, that like you mentioned earlier, content creators are, are gatekeepers to this hobby. Like it's such an international mm-hmm. thing, like that, that we can't all as game players buy every game. So we need people to share these thoughts with us. Um, and, and we know a little bit something about like, it does feel good to be an influencer, like to have people care about what you say um it gives you the sense of power in some in some cases it gives you like the sense of identity and like you know monetary stuff like you you get you get rewarded for being a content creator in a community if you build an audience and if you find out Mm -hmm. that there are people who want to hear like you what you have to say but i but i think there's something about that that can be really easy to like lose the humanity like of the creators themselves because it's like we are creating content about a product that someone is making but this isn't just like a product someone is making it is like an artistic expression that like somebody's like pouring their heart into so like to just like generally quite a few people right yeah 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 i mean one game of people and and it's just such a hard thing to be like to to not be aware for me to not be aware of that and to compare something like card rails like travis hill's little passion project like on any level of like well the best game of the year is you know this whatever from stonemeyer games who is now this big machine that like right, you know, right. He, he's got this business gift that like not everyone has right that has grown his mm-hmm. company to be a huge force in the game industry um 
but like they're they're not I don't think they should be like so easily compared. Like this is good because they have all the resources to throw at, to make every little piece of marketing material and every component like top notch and the gameplay fits my, you know, like interests. So that gets, you know, the big thumbs up. Whereas like, well, maybe this game would be cool if they had the resources, if they had the components, if they had the marketing machine behind it that like other people have, but you know, I'm not going to bother with it because it's just a little indie game. Like that, that right, seems right. inequitable to me. And it seems like it really does take like, Oh, that's not what this is about. This is about like somebody saying, I want to make a thing. I want to be a part of this community and I'm going to put it out there for you. And that's mm-hmm. a super vulnerable thing to like, make oh, art, so much, so to, much. like to, to, to make art, but like, to also like you're giving it to people in a sense that it's not yours anymore and they can do what they want with it. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just like, I, I feel like it's a funny thing because like as a publisher, like it's a, it's a tough thing be, to, to, to talk about because it's like, I need influencers. Sometimes right, I wish right. I didn't, but like if I, it, when I decided to make a business out of it, I knew I needed to be a part of that. Like, mm-hmm. whereas yeah, like, sure a pure artist is going to be like, I have this thing I've made it, let it be what it will be. And that's it. But like, it's kind of like, it's different when I'm like, I need to sell this thing that I made. I gotta eat. Yeah. But so I don't like make my wife mad about losing our tax return, you know, like to this project (laughs) or whatever. Um, So, right. Right. So I think that's, that's something, but I think the other danger is the the other side of that coin would be like just not being being the nice guy all the time like you can get into like a toxic positivity too absolutely where it's just like nothing is terrible everything is wonderful then like then i don't trust you as much as i trust somebody who just like dismisses you it's like it's like there's gotta be there's gotta be a middle ground you know of like uh not being a jerk not being like fake just to like uh to pander you know, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. to your audience, um, and I and I just feel like I feel like the humanity thing. That to me, maybe I'm a burned out like crotchety publisher who's been through <laughs> the ringer a little bit. Like, but like that's why I started this to be a part of a community of people that were creating games, and like, mm-hmm. um, it's it's so much bigger than just that. Like for a lot of people, um, right. that we lose sight of like these are just human beings making games in their basement, like a good majority of the time, especially if you're in the indie scene, you know? Um, Right. Right. Even if Kickstarter polishes everything up to make it look like it's beautiful, like as it's still like, you know, a seed that is like you're watering and just hoping it grows, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so it's a tricky thing. And I think, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, I think we, we, we can't always say like, Oh, everything is, everything is, is roses. Cause it's not right. I mean, like some games are objectively not good. Right. But a lot of times games are just like, not for you. Right. Or not for others. And, you know, I mean, that's why we've always had a policy of just not doing straight up reviews on the show. Right. Like we just don't do it. Like I'll, yep. if I like something, we'll talk about it. I mean, if any of us like something, we'll talk about it. Um, but like, if we really don't like something like, yeah, if, 
you know, like a game that I've, I hate always bringing this game up, but like I always bring up Welcome to as a game that like everybody loves and I don't really think it's fun. Like, but I don't like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not hurting Welcome to sales by saying I don't think it's fun because I'm always, I'm always throwing out there. Everyone else loves this game. If you like rolling, right, you, you'll probably like it. I just, it's not for me. And I don't, I don't know why it's not for me, but it's not. So like, like, I guess that it all comes back to like the Spider-Man thing, right? Like with great power comes great responsibility, right? And with a great audience, uh, a large, the larger your audience, the more you need to to think about what you're putting out there, and and how it could be impacting creators and and just people, right? Because again, we don't even need to see creators; it's just people, the people behind these games, right? There's nothing wrong in my mind with um with giving a bad review of a game right a game like like a game gets published it's out there you play a game you don't like a game and you're a reviewer that's your job give a negative review of the game that's fine as long as it's fair that's okay right um i mean i i I think that's okay that's not my thing right like in general like i said we just don't talk about the games that like especially smaller games right like if i don't like a indie game i'm not going to say probably negative things about it unless i think there's like like something bad about the game that's like inappropriate bad. And then I'll talk about it all day <laughs> because I don't feel bad about that. Right. Cause that's not cool. Um, but just like, you know, the bigger your audience, I think the more you need to consider um, in these things, like, like I look at it this way, right? Like thousands of people could have watched that episode. Right. And not went back and read the comments again. Cause why would they? Right. So when these people all see it, uh, and they're like, oh, that's just going to disregard that game. Right. Um, and so now they've done that and, and that game that could cost that game a lot of money, right? Right. Hundreds of backers or more. Um, and you know, as we know, backers generate backers, right? Like when you get a hundred backers, that doesn't usually just a hundred backers, right? Or you get a thousand backers, you get more backers from that, right? Because when we like games, when we back games, we talk about games, we tweet about games, uh, which helps drive more people right to your thing when we share about them. Um, and so it's just, I just think it's so important to make sure we're being responsible. And I don't, I don't have any ill will towards the tower, the dice tower for this. I mean, they didn't like call my baby ugly. Um, and if they did, they did. Right. Like, but I just, I, I just think we should really be considerate about the things we're saying um, and how we're doing it. And, and like to just choose kindness and positivity, like kind of as a base. And then that way, when we want to say something negative, we are considering like we have to consider that, right? Like our main thing is to like assume that it's good and then work backwards from there, right? I think that fixes knee-jerk reactions um that are just like well this is stupid why would they not even have a uh how to play that's that's awful you know like don't check this game out you you, you know what i mean <laughs> right yeah i i feel like uh you know it's not it's not maybe a totally fair comparison but like when i think about like giant media outlets uh-huh. they they exist to you know have the biggest audience like right because that's how money where money comes from mm-hmm. um, yeah and you know through you know because you got you got the captive audience that the advertisers want to pay for um but also there's this like 
uh, to perpetuate their specific worldview and to like, right, right. to like say, this is what I think and I'm putting it out there. And that, and that is a, that is a beautiful thing. Um, but I think there's, there, there Some, is, sometimes, yeah, sometimes, <laughs> I mean, like, I think it's a beautiful thing because like we, we can do that too. You know, and that's what makes it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like that. I just when you said that, of, yeah, no, I yeah, mean, yeah. Kind of like Fox News and no, was no, like, no, no, eh, yeah. It's not a beautiful yeah. thing. Like on paper, everybody should be able to say whatever they want to say um, to as many people as want to listen. That's like how, like this whole like freedom of speech thing that our country and our you know like media is all is all built on. Right, right. Um, I think there's always going to be that, that that split of like people like us who are saying like can't we just be nice? Can't we not trash people? And then there's going to be other people who, who say things like, um, well, I like that because they just, they tell us how it is. Like, you know what I mean? That sense of like, they just tells me if he doesn't like a game, you know, like I like that. Like it feels very, it's like very different from what I want, but like, I know that like, not to politicize things. I know there are people who like, who who get on board with those ideas of like oh yeah like that straight to the heart like it's funny to to break somebody down you know and those people aren't nice like right like, do you want to be friends with those people because because i don't like i don't, <laughs> don't want to work don't. with those people i don't but they exist you know like i'm not i'm not so i'm that saying mean they're not like, dickheads i mean like <laughs> it's just it just seems like this in some ways like us using our audience and our voices to say this is how it should be is like a drop in the bucket versus like you know i don't know it's it's an uphill battle of like i guess we should just put our heads down and go about our own business like that's it feels disheartening i think because like i think what what change is going to come from us saying like well i mean this is disappointing you know that like people responded this way more Um, we have more of a chance of causing change by us using our voices to say that with a platform and with a bullhorn. I mean, obviously a much smaller bullhorn than they have, but, um, but it's a bullhorn nonetheless. And it's more than your, your, one of our listeners has who, you know, uh, is, is trying to, you know, say it on Twitter or something like that. Right. Or Facebook, like we at least have, an audience um and we have an audience of people that are you know concerned about this sort of thing i mean i think a lot of our listeners uh especially the ones that have stuck with us for over the years right they obviously uh have some of the same feelings as we do otherwise I, let me know because wow like you are a trooper <laughs> if you're still <laughs> listening after the last four years um yeah but uh you know i no, mean yeah. i just I don't mean to come across as totally cynical. Like I think, I think the question. Oh, you're I want, not at all. No, I want, I want to. I want to just be like, what? Do, how do we move forward? You know, like if we can affect, like what they're doing. Uh, you know, Tom or people like them who who are just like, let's crank them out because that's what we're expected to do, and that's how we make money. Um, going backwards, you know, isn't a good. Like, what do we like? do moving forward to like right build well, a healthier I, I mean, I, healthier um besides just besides just hey let's be nice like right i mean we all... yeah go ahead i was say I, I you know like here's what i've been trying to do you know since since rob left the show and, and not would not that we didn't do this a bit when rob was on it's just i have a lot more guests now that rob's on the show and you know like one of the biggest things i try and do is 
Uh, you know, if you are someone who, especially indie creators, the smaller, you know, the smaller creators, uh, if you want to come on the show and you want to, you want to talk about your project first, I mean, I, I want to know about what the project is and stuff, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, obviously like we are discerning, but I'm not discerning in like, oh, it's an indie project. Oh, <laughs> I'm discerning like, oh, that's, that's, mm, that's inappropriate. Like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that. Um, but like. I I literally trade airtime with people on that for topics, right? Hey, yeah. you got you something in games you're good at? Do you want to talk about? Come on the show, let's talk about it. Let's let's help the builders, and we're gonna help them that way, and then we're gonna give you the boost that we can give you. Um, and you know, I so I mean, to me, like that's that's yeah. how how I move forward. If if that's you great. are somebody without a platform, everybody has a platform, right? Uh, the size of that platform is different. You know, like our platform is bigger than your average Twitter user. Uh, the Dice Towers platform is is much bigger than ours, right? But, you know, highlight if there's games you like, don't just back them. Tweet about them, right? Talk about the stuff you love. Um, talk about it a lot, right? Put it out there. If you can't afford to back games, but you think a game looks really cool, tweet about it. Get it out there, right? Throw a dollar at the creator if you can. And, you know, just be part of the process, learn from it and, you know, try and try and help. Um, I mean, those are the things yeah, I think yeah. we can do and just give people the benefit of the doubt on stuff. Right. I mean, like being a creator on Kickstarter, I've done it once. You've done it a lot of times, but it is it's hard. Right. Like you earn you earn the money off those Kickstarters. Right. It is <laughs> it is it is thankless work <laughs> that is a lot of people demanding things uh and being crappy uh and then some people being amazing right like right. it's both absolutely right? yeah um but like i i just think you know use whatever whatever platform you have big small doesn't matter use that to highlight things you love and to be positive about things and again i'm not saying toxic positivity right i'm not saying like we can't talk about things realistically and even negatively if you really don't like something but like I guess just think about why you want to say you why you want to say something negative about it. Again, if you're a reviewer and it's your job um to do that, like that's that's your passion, right? Is reviewing games and you're gonna give some games negative reviews, that's that's okay. There there was there's this one person, I don't know who they are. You you may know, um, but I, I'm sure some of the, the builders here listening know. There's a reviewer who does reviews on BGG and they do what they call like live reviews. Or basically, like, they do the review as they learn how to play the game. And then, like, as they play the game, they don't think about it afterwards. They just, like, live stream a review, like, just typing it as they go, basically. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. Like, rather than, like, doing every, learning the game, playing the game, contemplating the game. So, right in their thing, they say, this is the way I do reviews. They tend to be more negative because of that. Mm. Like, and they reviewed one of my games or more than one of my games. I don't know. And it was a crappy review. And like the only thing about it that annoyed me, because some of the things they said were valid. It was like, yep, no, that's bad. Yeah, you're right. Like, I wish that part of the game was better. Other things were like, you're saying negative things and you haven't even finished reading the rules yet. And that's totally clarified by the end of the rules and you'll figure it out. Yep. yep. Um, but two, like you're admitting that the way you do this causes you to be more negative. That's stupid. Like, why? Right. Why? Why do that? Like, because it's easier or because you like being negative? Like, I, I don't. I don't know why. Yeah, it's probably both. 
<laughs> they probably feel I mean, right, some, right, yeah. yeah, like something from that negativity. And like, I'm lazy and negative, lazy and cynical. Read um, my review <laughs> for sure. No, I, I think you're. I think you're right. Like the the using our platforms uh, to continue to support the things we like. I think like as indie indie creators, like also just supporting indie creators, like um, not yeah, not yeah. instead of the big ones, but like just maybe giving them a little more grace and attention. Like um, I, I just think about like uh, my dude, Adam Vass, who makes the rolling oh, games world, world champ, such a great you know, dude. like such he, a great he, dude. He makes these little, like he started off making these little, like teeny printed at home zines. Mm-hmm. And, and they're and great that, by the way. They're yeah, great. They're super creative, but like, he he would make this like he made this this cool thing with um like cards that you could add to D and D and they were like handmade like envelopes very low run you know like um but like he started with these little creative passion projects and now he's putting out these like full fledged like books you know like that are like mm-hmm. hardcover and like in depth and like I just think like you know supporting card rails by travis hill you know it might come in a tuck box and like you know be pretty simple as far as graphic design goes but like it might be fun to play and then it might be like a stepping stone to something better next time you know like mm-hmm. um so like everybody you know has different amounts of disposable income but like i, I love taking chances on weird out of out of the kind of norm stuff just because I want to be delighted, you know, like I want to, I want to stumble on something that's going to like, you know, just blow me away. And it was unexpected and they're not always going to be like that. And there's going to be some disappointments, but like, um, Mm -hmm. I can still feel good that I tried to like support somebody's dream instead of having to say like, Hey, they were terrible. Like that was awful. Right. Right. You know, it was just like, hey, I did a thing I can feel good about. It's not my favorite game. Uh, I don't have to keep talking about it or dwelling on it. But like, um, yeah, I don't know. There's just there's just something there, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think I mean, like those indie creators, like you throwing a dollar at their Kickstarter because that's all you can swing or you don't really want their game, but you want to support them like that actually makes a difference. Like that actually matters, right? Like yeah. that, I mean, it's a dollar, but like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something right. And it's so, yeah, I mean, I, we just need to be, just do what we can, you know? So, all right. Well, I want to talk about a game. Can I talk about a game? Is that okay? I, I would love for you to talk about a game. On this awesome. I want to talk about a show game. about making games. We should talk right, about right. a game. All right. So I'm working on this game, right? And it's real rough right now. Uh, but I want to I want to talk through it a bit. Um, so, so I love classic card games, board games, and things like that. Like, and when I say classic, I don't mean like Monopoly. Like, I mean like classic, classic. Like, you know, um, like um, the old school card games, things like Euchre and stuff like that, right? And sorry, Pinochle, other games people have heard of. Canasta, I've never actually played Canasta. Gin, whatever, <laughs> Rummy. Um, but so my kids got me into Moncala. Um, oh yeah. Uh, which I played before, but it had been, no, I actually hadn't. I wanted to play it, but never did. I like bought a set. So I was going to learn. And then I just never learned. Um, but then I got, I got playing it with my kids. My kids actually have gotten really good at it. 
Um, so it's made me get really good at it because uh, I still want to beat those punks. Um, so, you know, <laughs> but uh, so are you familiar with how Moncala plays? I am. So for anybody that's not familiar with how Moncala plays, a super simple overview. You've got um, you have these uh, these pits uh, that are like you've got a board, right? It's got, I think, five or six pits on each side. Uh, like running parallel to one another. And then on the ends, there are these big, like, well, home base things. Um, and uh, all I prefer of the... my Mancala dug directly into the dirt ground. Um, great, no board great. necessary. Thank you. That's super helpful. Thanks. That's how thanks. it was great. originated. So I know. I know that it is. But yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyways, thanks. Shut up now. Yep, um... You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So uh, the way it's played is you um, you put all of these stones uh, equally distributed. I don't remember how many. It doesn't matter. But you put all the stones equally distributed into the wells uh, and the home bases stay empty. On your turn, you pick up uh, one of the one group of stones from one of your wells and you move them forward uh, by picking them all up and then placing one in each consecutive well, uh, including your home base if you pass it. Uh, and then finally, uh, you continue on to the opponent's board as well. Um, well, you you know until you run out, basically, right? Um, and that's how the game is played. You you win by having the most in your home base at the end. Um, and I know there are like special terms for this stuff. I don't know them. I'm sorry. Uh, but basically, once one person's side is completely empty, the game is over. Uh, that other pr- player who's weren't empty, they get to take all of their leftovers, put them in their home base count up see who wins there's also a stealing aspect where if i can land in a adjacent uh pit or well to or pit well whatever it is uh to where you are if i don't have anything there it's empty i land there with one uh at the end of my turn then i will steal what you have uh from the other side and that's really cool that's like a big power move and that's how you can really win um so okay so that's how mancala works so i really wanted to I've been thinking about wanting to use Mancala as a mechanic um, mm-hmm. for a game, like just as like because I've seen it used in a few games, but I was doing some looking and I'm like I've never seen it used the way I'm considering using it. Right. Well, then my kid, uh, before we got the Mancala set up, because they'd been playing it on video games, they've been playing on the Switch. Ah. Um, they, my son, smart smart dude, had gotten a bunch of bunch of chips, uh, like uh, like poker chips that he got from my game design kits and cards and he just took playing cards and he laid them out in the shape of mancala mm. and was using those as the pits right uh, and was just playing around and i got to think like well, what if it was mancala but but they were cards right so like the cards could change throughout the game does that make sense yeah. so like you know i've got one side you've got the other side and um and so i started brainstorming like what would that game look like um and what i ended up coming back to was Attempting to once again apply it to Outcome the Wolves, um, <laughs> my <laughs> uh, my uh, homesteader game where there's a super pack of wolves uh, attacking everyone, and you're trying to build your homestead and, and survive um, while the other players are dying. Um, theoretically, it's, it's it's a fun family game. Um, so, so <laughs> I started to think about like I, I basically I needed a theme so that I could start applying like what would these cards mean. So what I came up with was you've got your standard layout for Mancala, um, except for, yeah, you've got, I think you have five cards that represent your land, right? Okay. All of those cards start off 
with specific things. Like two of them start off as pastures. So there's literally nothing in them, just fields. There's no animals in them. There's nothing. Um, one starts off as like maybe like a small shack for storing. One starts off as a lean to for living in. And the last one starts off as something else. I honestly don't know what, maybe it's just like another field. Um, so then the home bases instead are not home bases. They are the woods, right? Um, and when you move your stones, or in this case, they would be double-sided tokens. When you move those, you move them just like Mancala, except for when you get to the woods, you actually pick up two additional ones and keep moving, right? So eventually you will run out. But basically what it means is anytime you pass the end of your place, you will always then pick up resources and give them to your opponents, right? Mm -hmm. On the other side. Um, here's the catch with the resources on one side of the tokens, they're resources, things like wood, you know, whatever types of things, maybe they're animals, they're things that you need to do stuff with. Right. Um, the opposite side of them is of course wolves and it's randomized, right? So you're bringing these resources to your farm. And at the same time, you're attracting the attention of these wolves while you do that. Right. So each of the tiles or cards as it is, the tiles, cards, whatever, um, those uh, all have activation costs on them, which is a certain number of resources you need to activate them. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, so like, so at the end of the round, after everybody's moved or, you know, I think you can either choose to move or you could choose to activate. I, I There's a lot I need to figure out with this. Maybe you have to move to a certain point and then you can activate. Maybe it's in every other, like you make a move, you take an activation, you make a move, you take an activation if you can. Um, so when you activate things, it clears them, which is awesome, right? I activate them. I clear off the resources. They go back into the woods um, and they're just back to being available. But anything that I don't clear at the end of the round is flipped and it now becomes wolves, right? Okay. Um, activating things would allow you to upgrade things, right? Each location would have an ability to ignore a set number of wolves. If you have a big, if you have a lean to, maybe it could ignore three wolves. If you have a, um, if you have a, like a sturdy, like a sturdy cabin that might be able to ignore five to 10 wolves. Right. Um, and the idea being that the wolves on each side, like if I have like a two wood token, there's anywhere between one and five wolves on that other side. And I don't know what it is because they're randomized. So each wood token would have a different amount, right? Does that does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So um, so I think it's gonna be two players only. Um and I just like I'm there's a lot that I need to figure out with it. Um, so I just kind of wanted to throw out the ideas that I had so far that I've mentioned, yeah, and just see like how does that hit you and like what are your thoughts on it like what does anything pop up like oh, have you think about this or what about that yeah and i'm so gonna the, type these little notes down cool the first thing that i think about is okay cool 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 that's what i think uh i think there's something something going on there wait no like oh cool 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 or like <laughs> you know like or like or like Jake Peralta, like cool, cool, cool. Like <laughs> no, 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 like really, like not Jake Peralta, cool. Okay, good. Uh, Woo! Yeah. I was nervous. Like there's something, there's something maybe good in there. Like more like Jake Peralta, like noise. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, uh, when you're picking up stuff to kind of leave resources around and making your way around, 
Like, how do you decide if they're different resources, which one to put down where? Because, like, they each have a different value. Yeah. Um, is that up to yeah. you? Because that could be really analysis paralysis-y if you're like, I'm going to pick up these five tokens, and now I have to leave each. I'm going to leave this one here, this one here, and this one here. Um, and you so, could get yeah, mixed yeah. up, I think, in that set, in that too, like trying to keep track of where it came from and which where you left off and all that sort of thing. So tell me about right. what, how that's going to work. So, so yeah, that is something that I, that is a concern, right? That the AP concern was one of the first concerns I had and I didn't bring it up because I wanted to see if you would bring it up and you did. <laughs> so <laughs> crap. So, Whoops. so I did try to think through some solutions for that. One was keeping the resources simple, right? Like, yep. it's not like this could have one to five wood. It's like, it's one, it's one wood. Right. And like uh-huh. you basically, you're, you're, you're simplifying the usage, right? If I want to build a cabin, it's three wood tokens, right? Like it's not like it's a lot, right? Yeah. Or if I want to activate the lean to, to move it up, it's going to be like three tokens. Um, so, so I think simplifying, keeping like three to four resources and making it pretty obvious. Like what? So one of the thoughts I had was the cards could actually have like on them, they could have like open slots to where you might want to like basically like to activate i need two wood tokens and and a a water i don't i don't know i'm just throwing ideas out there right so or like an iron right so to do that like i'm setting those tokens in there to help remind myself like okay this is what i need and then like you know the rest of them just kind of get piled on the card right so to try and help you think through it as you go um and then because it's mancala it's very forgiving right because like i can always like if I put it as long as I put it too early, I can always move it down the line, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because right. it's if I put it too late that I'm boned and I'm gonna give it to my opponent. Um so yeah, that's my and you know, I like the idea, but I what I did like about the idea of having multiple like where things were worth more than just one sometimes was that when I went to the woods, I now have the thought of okay do I want to um, give the opponent the better stuff or the worse stuff, right? Because this was kind of my thought. When I spend, when I activate something and I take those resources and I throw them back into the woods, I throw them back into the woods at the end of my farm that's going to mm-hmm. benefit you sooner, right? Yeah. So, it, I, and I took that idea from, I think, Warehouse 51 has this amazing money system where like, when I spend money, I pay that money to the person on my left. So mm. it creates this really weird economy where like I can really hose someone to my left for a long time, but eventually I'm going to have to spend money and they're going to reap the rewards because they're going to get all that money that I'm spending. Right. Um, so, so anyways, like, so that's kind of my current fix for it. Um, but I don't know that it's actually going to fix it. <laughs> it may okay. still be a problem. Yeah. The The other idea that came to my mind is what if the cards, the, the wells that you're dropping things at, like if you place a certain resource at that well, that activates it. So like, say it's just like wood, wheat and brick, you know, and stone mm-hmm. are your yeah. four resources yeah. Yeah. and you've got five of them or whatever. And you pick up a wood and a wheat and a brick from one well, cause it's randomly placed there. And mm-hmm. the, you've, you've got uh, a wheat, a wheat in a, in a brick. 
uh, in the next three slots. So you've got these three stones. You're going to drop them at each one, but the one resource that you drop the matching resource in activates that token to do another thing. Right. That's smart. So what you're saying is there's no activation round. It's things activate when you put the right stuff on them, and then they activate immediately. You yeah. did that. That happened. Yeah. yeah that's and, solid. That's and, very solid. And then it's kind of like it, um, you if you only have certain amount of uh, you got the, the those choice. You have those four stones that you're gonna pick up, right? And you want to make sure one of them gets you what you want. Like, right, right. um, so the other ones are maybe for a future round. So you're gonna drop the brick one here because you know you could pick that one up next time and end it up in your brick thing later. Um, you're really focusing on one activation, you know, mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that, or maybe, or maybe. You can only pick one. Like if you maybe you pick up you you put the right thing in all three wells, but you can only activate one of them. If one of the ones that you put a matching resource in. Um Right. So one of the things that that makes jump into my mind then is, you know, when I was thinking of activation, my first thought was activating is upgrading, right? Um which means that your opponent could actually force you to upgrade things, right? Like, so for instance, I've got my field. I'm chilling with my field. The wolves can't do anything in my field because there's no one there. There's nothing. There's no resources there. So, but by you dropping the right things onto my fields, you could actually force my field to upgrade. And I don't really care for that. Mm. Um, but what I do think is like, so what I'm, my question is then how, like, I could easily come up with powers that you could activate when you put the right things on something. Right. Or maybe it's like, maybe your whatever your house is, for instance, is points. Maybe that's what the activation is. Maybe the activation is points, right? Like I score points or get something special when I activate. So if that's the case, and I, and I honestly, I really dig that. So what, how about handling upgrading? My first thought for handling upgrading, just to throw this out there, was that maybe the number of wolves you defend against, like if I successfully defend against X number of wolves, then I get something for that. And when I have enough of that in that location, it upgrades. Mm. Yeah. But that mean I don't know if that's good or not. I don't know. What if, what if, what if there's a player board in front of you? That Mm -hmm. is like your empty plot of land that like you have a spot to build a house and a stable and to put animals in like Uh and 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 your activations are giving you resources to go to the woods like they're giving you points essentially to use those resources or points to build your house that's in front of you. Oh, so you earn points and then the points allow you to spend to upgrade things. Oh, that's good. That's good. I don't know. It's something. No, that's, that's, I mean, that's that, that there's a flow to that, right? Like I can, I can work with that. And then Um, like, it's not necessarily about either side of the Moncala board being anybody's specifically or either woods belonging to a certain player. Mm. It's about like the interactions of like working out your move to gain the thing that you need the most 
to like build your homestead in front of you. And the woods, the, the, the wolves trigger something. And if and yeah, yeah. And that actually makes it so that it could be two to four players then. Oh just like yeah. That. Cause you all could have your own. Well, that's the thing is everybody has their own player board. Yep. Um, then nothing else matters after that. Yeah. And the player board could be like a, um, could be like a taverns of Tiefendal player board style where like you just like the player board kind of fits together as a puzzle and then you mm. can upgrade pieces by flipping them over. Um, yeah, oh, man, that's good. And then like the, the, the two pits could be like, or it's like the trail and the woods that you're, you're exploring to gather what you need to, to be mm-hmm. this homesteader. Um, and I'm thinking about like, if there's five, uh, you know, five spots on each side, plus the end wells, like you could have like eight or 10 different actions, you know, that have a couple duplicates of the most popular and then a couple special ones or have them be double sided. So like, instead of stealing, like when you, em- when you land in an empty spot, it flips the adjacent card. Yes. Um, I was just going to say, I wonder if how cards could flip. Yep. And then it becomes better. But then if it, if that, if you, and then you want to land on it again, when it's empty to flip it back to the, to a different resource or to the, the least powerful resource in case that's not the thing that you're working on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Or flipping a card could just be like an, some sort of automatic bonus, right? Like when you flip a card, it's the other side of the card. Like the, each card could actually have a flip bonus, right? Mm -hmm. So okay. when you flip it, it flips the other side, but I get a resource or something, or I get points just for doing that, that I could use to upgrade. Right. Yeah. And it, cause yeah, yeah. It forces people to think about that. And it, and it gets, it becomes dynamic. Like the board is more dynamic that way. And there's a lot more uh, going on that, that, that you have to pay attention to. That's that's yeah. You're solving a lot of problems here, man. This is, this is great. I can actually build a prototype out of this now. Um, so thank you well hey that's we, uh that's what yeah. we do <laughs> well and hey with that we are we are super out of time heck yeah um uh yeah so it is it is we are over an hour look at us look at us these two old men these jasons <laughs> get us together we just talk well hey i think it was a good conversation to sum up wolves are cool be kind uh and uh with a uh, great audience comes great responsibility uh yeah so if you wanna if you wanna get in touch with us, you can reach out at buildinggamepodcast.com. Uh you can of course email us at buildinggamepodcast.gmail.com. Once again on our website, you find our Discord channel. Please join our Discord channel. It's so much fun. We have some actually been having some really good chats and stuff there. It's been cool. So uh also find us on the Twitter. Best place to find us really is the Twitter at podcastbtg at J at Jason Gatarski at Green Couch Games, all the places. Um yes, find us there. You can always call us at 770 BTG. And in addition to that, you can come back every week and hang out with us. And boy, that's fun. So, yeah. But until next time, good night. Good night. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770-TELL-BTG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>